morning, everyone. I'm Joan Hogan, welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings, a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine, and also is in affiliation with the South Dakota State University. Dr. Holm conducts medical research with them. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. And I'm so happy to have a gentleman you know well, but I just met this morning, Kyle Hain. Kyle Hain is a graduate research assistant at South Dakota State University, and he's also an editorial consultant with the Healing Words Foundation. Yes. Do you want to explain that one? Well, welcome, Kyle. Welcome, Good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, uh, tell us about what your, your project is. You need to get closer to the microphone. Are you uh, talking about my project with you or yeah. at SDSU? At my project, your project with me. Okay, so basically I'm just assisting Rick in his uh, newest book. It's a book on caring for your aging parents and uh, just uh, full of a bunch of stories and helpful tips on how to uh, age well in a society that's making it, you know, we're getting older and people need these this kind of information. So. Yeah, that's, that's it. So we're uh, working on... Uh, uh, heartily on this uh, this uh, new book since you've been able to finish your master's uh, thesis and uh, you're all done now yeah I've got uh, about a week left oh really yeah I've defended my thesis and everything else is done it's just I've got uh, a few loose ends to tie up and yeah defending your thesis that uh, that's always a good way of putting it well it's a (laughs) nerve-wracking thing i had to do it years back defending your thesis you have five to eight people in front of you asking questions ours for the master's thesis we only had four people on my committee okay but the presentation i think there was about 35 to 40 people there and then they take you away into a room and just them take you away take you away (laughs) right after so for about two and a half hours i just uh defended it was it was it was a defense i i don't think i did terribly well but they still gave me my degree yeah (laughs) well uh before we take the break what is the name of what is your thesis uh showing i mean what is the uh, oh my gosh it's the use of a recombinant parapox virus to express the spike protein of porcine epidemic diarrhea virus no, we all got that. It's a swine we? vaccine, basically. It's a slime. It's Sw- swine. Swine. Oh, swine. 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 <laughs> basically using one virus to vaccinate against another. Oh. So it's kind of, it's, yeah. And it's a yeah. diarrhea illness in swine. Yeah. Wow. Epi- an epidemic diarrhea illness. Is is it now an epidemic right now? I mean, is it part um, of It just recently emerged in the United States in like 2013, and it's still causing a lot of issues, but. Pig. Pig diarrhea. Yeah. Jeepers. That's we don't even want to know about that, but we're really glad that you developed a vaccine. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you defended it. We're going to take our break. We're not going to be talking about pigs or their excrements during <laughs> this program. Goodness. Thank goodness. Well. But uh, we're very happy to have Kyle with us, and we will be discussing Dr. Holmes' book in progress. And we'll be back right after these words. Prairie Doc Radio, happy to have you listening, and uh, Dr. Holm is here, and he really wanted to discuss his book in progress today, and so he brought in his uh, editorial assistant, Kyle Hain, who's a graduate research assistant at uh, South Dakota State and just finished a master's program. He hasn't gotten the actual award yet, but boy, he's all done, Right, except Uh, for the screaming and yelling. So are you going to do any more pig poop? 
Uh, you weren't going to talk about that. I thought, any more <laughs> work on that particular project? No more pig poop experiments. Okay. All no right. more. I'm just helping out. My um, advisor was gone for a few weeks. Back okay. to Brazil um, oh. is where he's from. He hasn't been there in five years, so I told him I'd stick around and help out with the lab stuff until okay. he got back. So yeah. There it is. Uh, and is that going to end up uh, as a real vaccine that they'll be using? Um, not quite sure. The, uh, the platform for the vaccine, the, this was kind of a proof of concept experiment that we were doing, uh, but the vector itself that we're using, the virus that's delivering the vaccine, uh, has a lot of potential. So that we might see that implemented in use in the future. Right. It might take a while to get there. Yeah. Might be commercialized. We don't know. This is kind of just to experimentally prove it. Beginning, so. uh, bottom line stuff before it mm -hmm. gets further. And then, yeah, what's your plans for the long-term future? Oh, gosh, I wish I knew the answer to that question. Um, right now, I think I'm going to go uh, work in the industry for a little bit, kind of put my master's degree to good use, but I've also still got an interest in attending medical school. So while I'm working in the industry, I'm going to take my MCAT and then apply and see which where I'm at in, you know, one, two years. Okay. And working in the industry means... What? Um, well, either go and work for some vaccine development company, or uh, I'd really like to do cancer research as well. Or I might get put at an institution where I work as a technician okay, and work in their laboratory and basically just kind of use the skills that I acquired during my master's degree. Yeah. Biology is your background or your uh, yeah. strength? Yeah, with a focus. That's what my master's was in, but with a focus in virology. So. All right. Okay. Well, it's nice to have that many, that such a brilliant young man. <laughs> well, interested a man in going to med school. A man too. who Thank knows you. where to put commas. Oh, he does. <laughs> oh, back to the book. Huh? You you don't do commas yeah, very commas well. Was a huh? wonderful transition. Yeah. Yes, great transition. No, I mean you know that the, um, you know you write this stuff, uh, uh, and then you uh, give it to Kyle, and Kyle goes over and says, "I don't understand what you're talking about here. This you you've got to clarify." that you're, you're not letting older people die, and that you as a doctor aren't demanding and controlling uh, the end of the life care, it's the family. Uh, make sure that that's clear. Oh, and this, that word doesn't work, and why would you end with this particular prayer on a, a comment about the end of life, uh, that it, it's not appropriate at this time, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, you know, it's one of the, uh, I love that prayer, and ooh, I like that particular word, and okay. So Got to cut it out. Cut it out. Because Kyle told you it didn't uh, make sense. So, I mean, he, you run it past a guy who has uh, science base, and uh, and if it's, uh, you know, that's that's what we're doing. What's your comment um, uh, about what I just said? Well, no, I agree. It's just, um, it, we've been working together uh, on the book, and then also as a, as a prairie doc assistant for what about two years now and yeah. um i've just gotten to really know how i mean everybody has probably seen everybody listening has probably seen the prairie doc uh on call with the prairie doc so they understand your essay on each show and basically you've got a, a bunch of really good stories and you like to deliver them and um i kind of know where rick is coming from so when i help him edit i basically try and put hit what his ideas are and then put them into more of a you know not such a weekly delivered essay but help him transition that into more of a readable format uh, to put into a book because uh, he's got some really great stories and I know a lot of people would like to read them. My idea was originally to do the essays, just 
pile essays, essay, 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 probably have five essays per chapter. Uh, that and and the thrust of the essays, you know, kind of fills the chapter's plan. Um, and Kyle said, "No, you want to write it into a book." And my our oldest son Eric said, "No, you want to put it into a book form." And and we put it in front of uh, uh, a pre-agent uh, writing expert. And she said, no, no, you've got to put it into a book form. And so... So your original I, idea was downed by just about everybody yeah, you presented it to? Kyle <laughs> was the first to tell me. And, uh, and I said no. And after everybody Agreed slapped with me Kyle. around the room, <laughs> uh, uh, pummeled me this way and that, I ended up saying, okay, it's going to be in a book form. And don't... Yes. I had to, I had to be careful when I first started working with Rick because we had such a, we have such a good relationship going and... Uh, I just wanted to tell him was like when I start working with you, uh, I might make comments and things that are not necessarily ones that you want to hear, and you just, you know, I don't mean any of these personally. I know <laughs> as an as an experience, I've done a lot of writing, I've taken a lot of English classes, um, and from experience, I know that writing is really personal, and that's not anything that I make as a comment is not a personal attack, and yeah. so, but it's hard, uh, you know, when you if you ever give your stuff to an editorial. Uh, uh, a, a, a um, revisionist. What would you call you? Editorial. No, you would. No. I, it's a uh, myself. Yeah, a co consulting editor, editorial yeah. consultant. Yeah. Editorial consultant. You put it, and somebody revises what you say. It's hard not to take it personal. Uh, and you know, I've I've been able to write those essays that are at the end of the show. Uh, for 14 years. Without anyone telling you anything wrong with them. They well, just my wife, like them. Your my wife, wife has been my best editor. <laughs> Thank God Joni's there for you, right? <laughs> no, you can't say that. Uh, but overall, you overall. pretty well just your own language and you've gotten it across and yeah. it's been fine. And now you're actually writing a book rather than a group of essays. So it's quite a bit different and yeah. you needed someone like Kyle to get yeah. you through it. Yeah. And we have, uh, I took a uh, one week course at uh, in Boston. Uh, the with the uh, they under the auspices of Harvard uh, on how to get published medically, how to write medical uh, uh, and get published, and it had it had to do with uh, writing uh, science journals, getting published in a journal, or how to write uh, if you're a physician or a nurse or a pharmacist or whatever to write whatever kind of book. Uh, you might want. And the person who led it, a, a woman, uh, Silverman, uh, a doctor, a physician. Uh, uh, not the comedian? Not the co comedian. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> was great. And, uh, and she's, she really kind of guided you on how to write a book proposal. And that's what we're doing right now is writing a book proposal, uh, having two sample chapters, having um, uh, summaries of each chapter uh, and outline you know the uh, that type of a thing and about the author comments and then the introductory uh, uh, what a couple couple pages of introduction kind of just let people know what the book's about it's basically the um, it's the pitch that you want to make to your um, any type of publishing company right as to get your you know the synopsis why you should publish our book. Are there agents that you can reach out to that deal mainly with medical? Er, right, books? actually, I gave a a three minute pitch at this um, at this uh, meeting five years ago, 
and then they rated me. Well, I got pretty good ratings, but the, the one who gave me the best rating was Martha, the woman who is a pre-agent. And then I got pretty good ratings from uh, an agent. And I saved those, and then when the time came that I, ha I was into the book, I sent a picture of their review of my writing to each of them. <laughs> and they Just went, to oh, remind them. <laughs> now I remember, that's my words, those are my, that's my writing, that's my signature, those are my, that's the numbers right. that, uh, yeah, that I gave you to call me. And so uh, it wasn't out of the blue, it was from this book thing, it gave me first push. And Martha took, took the book on, and so she's been doing, helping Kyle and me, putting it, um, uh, reviewing so one more time, writing it over one more time, and helping us get it. Uh, so that when we have the book uh, proposal done, we can give it to this other agent, the agent that gave us a good review. I had no idea up at, until about 10 years ago the importance of an agent in reaching out to a uh, publisher. You know, you right. just, uh, publishers, can you imagine what they get in the mail every day? You oh. know, just out of the blue, people sending all this stuff. I'll bet nine-tenths of it never gets re oh. read. But if an agent presents it, they re respect this agent and... There it is. Y you need that middle person. Pity. Tough. Well, we are going to take a break. If you want to know more about publishing, we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Joan Hogan, and we have Dr. Rick Holm here. He would be happy to answer your questions that you may have of a medical nature. Give us a call at 692-1430 during this discussion. However, before we get to... Er, while we're waiting possibly for your question, we are discussing Dr. Holmes' uh, venture into publishing. So let's talk about content, really. I think that people will be more interested in what, what the book is about than, than uh, that. And I've talked about it before, but Kyle, I'd like, I'd like you to kind of summarize. Well, I'd have to say that the, actual, the easiest part of my job is that um, one of the most difficult things when you're writing is to, you know, find an original idea or find the content. And uh, what's made my job extremely easy is that Rick has years and years and years of experience and stories that he has to share. So all the content's already there, just about um, all these wonderful medical stories and about how to, you know, age gracefully, how to just not, not even necessarily about aging gracefully or about um, end-of-life care, but about just living a healthier life, not just uh, physically, but spiritually, mentally, all sorts of things. This is a great uh, book for people of any age, because as you know, we're all going to get older, uh, God willing, and we're all going to deal with people that are older. So, Right. And it's originally, uh, one of the doctors came up to me and he said, Rick, you should write a book on how to take care of your elderly parent. And so that was the original theme. Uh, but uh, actually, you know, it's the people who are going to buy it are the boomers, you know, the, the baby boomers who are aging. Some of them may have elderly parents, very elderly parents at this time. But some of them may also be the elderly parent and will give that book to their kids. <laughs> but point. it talks about how to write a living will, you know, talking about the value of communicating that to your kids rather than just writing the will. I guess I guess we should say that, I mean, it's more than just about uh, aging as well. There's something, one of the things that I know Martha said was the most appealing was the idea of this prairie doc and this Midwestern medicine and these, you know, people that grew up on farms and how the hard work and, you know, close-knit families had a really big impact on their health 
mental, physical, spiritual. So, I mean, something about that Midwestern medicine kind of thing. Right. And, and one of the things that we started uh, with is, uh, I sent her the essay and it was the hook. And she said, this should be the, the, the center of the book and everything should refer back to the, the Indian prayer. Uh, and and uh, the Indian prayer is, uh, you know, if you look at the medicine wheel, uh, there's a lot of different versions of it. But the, the version I have used is really from Emil Redfish, my dear friend who is a, um, a PA and who was a PA probably in the first, the very first group of PAs that were trained, you know, in that first year or two. Uh, he had been an x-ray tech and, uh, and he has... Uh, been a, a PA uh, caring for patients uh, through Arlington and is actually the mayor of Arlington at this point. Is and he now? Yeah, I didn't know that. He's still the mayor of, he's oh. been the mayor of Arlington for 20 years. And here, here he is, you know, a Native American man. Full practice uh, with his and, physician uh, assistant. Living right? with all those Norwegians, Germans, um, uh, and... Uh, in Arlington. In Arlington. And, <laughs> and, and they... They keep voting him in, you know. And of course, there's controversy all along the way, but he just he they they love him there, and rightfully so, they should love him. But hit, here's the Indian prayer. The Indian prayer is uh, the around the medical circle, uh, and the uh, Indian circle uh, is established uh, thousands of years ago. We have a 2,000 year old medicine circle in Wyoming that's still there. Uh, and it's almost like, um, and it's rocks around a great big circle, and in the center is the fire. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the prayer uh, starts uh, it, toward the east, which is the sunrise, the beginning, the early, uh, 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 the, the, the child, the baby, the infant, uh, the, the color yellow, uh, the... Uh, the beginning, uh, the very beginning of life. Uh, and then uh, the, you pray south uh, toward uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, summer. This, the, the east is spring, south is summer, red, young warrior uh, and Indian maid. Uh, you pray to the west, which is the color black, uh, autumn, the uh, chief, the medicine woman, uh, the wisdom of knowing that war is dangerous and, and tough and death can occur and you're lucky if you can stay alive. And then you pray to the north, which is the color white, uh, age, wisdom, uh, winter, uh, the, the sense of the value of all, uh, the recycling. And, that, and then you pray uh, up to the Father, uh, the sky, the sun, and then you pray down to Mother Earth. Uh, and uh, that's the Indian prayer. It's a beautiful uh, metaphor for life. And, it, it, and to go to look north where everything is white, winter is occurring, uh, is to not say that, okay, now I'm done. No, it's just, it's a, cy it's a cycle, it's a circle. And they respect the wisdom of the older. And that's the white, too, is the wisdom. So yeah, it's the not wisdom. the end. You're even wiser as you get older. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Kyle, yeah. your comment about Spoke, it. It's just like spokes on the wheel of life. Just as it goes around, it goes it's, around. It's, 
it's a beautiful. I, I really like it. I thought it was one of the better metaphors, um, analogies. That, yeah, for that, uh, for the aging process. So, so that's that's kind of where we're going with the with the book. And we start with how to stay healthy, and uh, and we evolve into uh, making plans. And then it, the last chapters are about the end of life and accepting your own death, actually. Well, I'm looking forward to the completion of the book. I'd really like to read it. I think it'll be uh, well-received, and especially with the help that you're getting from Kyle. We're going to take a final break. If you have any comments on the book or any questions, give us a call at 692-1430, and we'll be back right after. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We just have a few minutes remaining. Dr. Holm is here, and with him is his grad student, Kyle Hain, who's been helping with his book. Yeah, I, I would call him my grad student. Yes, but well, he is a great, not just officially unofficial yours, student of Prairie unofficial. Wisdom and Medicine. Oh yeah, there you go. Prairie <laughs> Wisdom. Maybe that should be the name of the book, Prairie Wisdom. Prairie Wisdom. Oh, I like that. Yeah, there you All go. Right. The Prairie Shaman. Yeah, Dr. Rick charlatan. <laughs> charlatan. No. Char- shaman. Not charlatan. No. Okay, no, no, no. no. Shaman. shaman. Well, that's better. chapter three is all about medicine and, and falling and the danger of too much medicine. And uh, there's a chapter on herbs and spices. This, the whole thing is kind of fun uh, uh, to to crank through that. And then we have Q&A in the end of the chap- each chapter, you know. So we have a question. Well, it's it shouldn't be humorous. Sir, I'm very sorry. I just found... It struck me as a little humorous. For you, it isn't. A 65-year-old man called, and he's concerned about an odor that comes from wax in his ears. Right. I shouldn't laugh, but that for him, I wouldn't be happy if I had an odor emanating from my ears. Well, there's no question about uh, the wax is a result of uh, debrided cells, uh, the skin of the of the of the um, of the lining of the of the canal, the oil of the of the skin so it's skin you know it's just it's all skin and it the the skin sloughs and the and it attacks attaches to the oil and there's little cilia that say move out move out come this way uh but some of our cilia is not as good as as it should be and uh, sometimes it gets uh we shed more more skin than we can and it gets wax filled and and packed if you're ramming Q-tips in there, you're going to pack pushing it in further, right? Uh, Not a you, good idea. You, they say the smallest thing you should put into your ear canal is your elbow until you're 95, said uh, <laughs> Dr. Warren, my old uh, Warren Jones. Uh, and so uh, that, that is probably something you should, you should uh, follow. The problem is it's old tissue, and so it can rot. We all have our own body odor. Uh, that that can become Offensive. greater if, if this <laughs> tissue is packed in there. And my answer for the gentleman is to put uh, more oil in it so it'll dissolve and drain out on your pillow at night, you know. And if you don't have a lot of it in there, then it's not going to be malodorous. But you don't want to try to rinse anything. I mean, you're going to have your own tissue, and so I just, I'd live with it. But um, mm-hmm. I try to clear out the the wax by using earwax softener uh, you can buy it over the counter or you can use olive oil you can do mineral oil you can put any kind of oil in there it'll it'll dissolve uh, and so if you kind of fill the stuff. if you turn sideways and fill the one ear with oil and sit like that for a while and let it stay in the ear is that what you're suggesting what I suggest is you put um, 
uh, a drop or two of oil in your left ear tonight and then you lay on your right ear when you go to bed and sleep and then tomorrow Reverse night you, you you put it in your right ear and then you lay on your left side and when you go to bed of course you're going to toss all over the place and you're going to have earwax on your pillow and that's okay the only situation i i'm personally familiar with is um our daughter when she was around 10 was almost I thought she was losing her hearing, took her to Dr. Pat, our darling Dr. Pat, yes. and uh, he actually had the nurse, what would you do, put liquid in and just the wax started pouring out. The poor kid wasn't deaf. She was... Wax-filled. Yeah, wax-filled. Would yeah. you suggest anything like that to go to a doctor yeah. and remove it? Okay, occasionally, people will come in uh, with this, or you'll see that it's really dried and hard and packed. And hard to and, get out. And they're and they're uncomfortable. And you, you can take a... Uh, water pick which people use I use for my teeth turn it down to low and then use the water pick and lean them over a tub and use the water pick but you gotta be a little careful with that now if you go to the the um, not the hardware store but the you know the drugstore they'll have a bulb syringe or a syringe that you can jet wash into the ear uh, but they suggest, and, and we generally do this at the clinic, is you put in the earwax softener first for okay. a day or two, soften it up, and then use the bulbs or the syringe. And, and well, I was just water. thinking if he didn't have success himself, he could check with his doctor and maybe get it done at the clinic. And when that doesn't work, you go in, Dr. Reitz goes in there and suctions it all out of there. So you'll, you'll have an answer for yep. sure. Yeah. Okay. One hope of, that's one helpful of, One to of my you. old roommates... Uh, he worked at a, he had an en he was an engineer and he worked at a steel plant and he constantly wore earplugs and he went into the annual physical there and they actually manually had to remove because he kept sticking earplugs into his ear and kept packing packing, packing it deep in. and they, oh. they they actually pulled out a giant glob of earwax ear yeah. like, oh it was it's, i can hear so much better but it was one of the most disgusting things oh, that ever would, happened it, would be it hurt so bad oh yeah. well we're so done good. aren't we well we are done we appreciate uh you listening today and we hope you have enjoyed our prairie doc radio program and we'll listen again for prairie doc brought to you by the avira medical group brookings you know you can always hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you, Kyle, for being with us. Rick, that's all till next thank week. Thank you, Joan, and thank don't you. forget to watch the show tomorrow night on Heart. What time? Uh, 7 o'clock, South Dakota Public Broadcasting. And thank you, Bob. Thanks again, Kyle and Joan. Thanks for having Stay me. Stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>